0: Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead, and this is Austin Real Estate Investing. Today we're going to be talking about house hacking, which is an awesome strategy that I'm a huge fan of. I've done a lot of it myself. And I think it's something that pretty much anyone can get into. So starting off, what is house hacking? House hacking is simply enough buying some sort of residence and renting out the spaces that you're not using. So, that could be a condo, a single family, a duplex to a fourplex. It really doesn't matter what it is for the strategy to work. It just matters that you're buying something and you're renting out the other spaces. Now, why people house hack is typically they want to get into real estate investing and they want a low down payment way to do it. So, you get into a house hack, you save a bunch of money for a few years, and then you can move out. You have to stay in it for at least a year but after a year you can move out and just rent out the whole property. So another reason people house hack is to reduce their living expenses. That's a huge part of it. So my goal with house hacking is always to live for under $1,000 a month where I wanna live. And I'm pretty much always able to do that. Um, so I guess a big question for us here in Austin is I get a lot of time, hey, is it possible to house hack in Austin? And yes, it is, absolutely. I've been doing it for a while. I have two house hacks in Austin, and I'm going to continue to buy more. So it's possible to do. What's worked well for me is finding undervalued properties that need to be rehabbed, rehabbing them, getting the rents up, getting the values up, and then living in it and house hacking while I'm there. By doing this, I've been able to live for under $700 a month in a unit of my own in the areas I want to be in Austin. And I think that's a big deal. So. You know, a lot of people want to live closer to downtown or they just want to have a house of their own where they can do what they want. House hacking really allows you to do this. What kinds of properties you can house hack in, really the sky is the limit. Residential properties cap out around four units. So a five unit you can't get residential financing on, but you can get it on a condo, a townhome, a single family, a single family with an ADU, which is a separate unit in the backyard. You can get it on a duplex, a triplex, or a fourplex. The most common house hacking loan there is is the 3.5% down FHA loan. And yeah, this does have PMI, but it's a super low down payment. It's a great rate, and it's really, really easy to qualify for. So I'd say the most common loan I see people use to do house hacks is FHA, but absolutely conventional is an option. There's conventional loans for multifamily and there's also conventional loans for single family that go as low as 3% down. The typical down payment on a conventional loan is 5%. They do have PMI too, but it's a little better than an FHA loan. And that PMI goes away at 20% equity. So it's a little more advantageous than an FHA loan. Another question I get a lot is, is this just a strategy for investors? Do I have to want to be an investor in at house hack? And the answer, answer is absolutely not. You do not have to want to be an investor. You can just want to save money and have more flexibility with your life. House hacking does that for you. Whatever you want to do that's going to require you having more disposable income and more freedom with your life, house hacking is going to help you do that. So my first year house hacking, personally, I bought another rental property. I went on a vacation to Italy and I bought a motorcycle. But it just allows you to have so much extra expendable income. And there's really the sky's the limit for what you can do. Do you want to live for free? You absolutely can do that with house hacking. There's a scale of comfortability that you're going to get with house hacking. You can do what I do now. You can have a whole unit to yourself. So my girlfriend and I live in a unit on our own. We don't rent out the other bedrooms and we just keep it nice for us. But when I started house hacking, it was just me in the unit, with my roommate, and then we also rented out the back porch, which is the finished room. We made it a bedroom, rented it out on Airbnb. So I had made money house hacking when I first started. The other unit paid almost all the mortgage. My roommate essentially paid all the bills with his rent, and then the money from the Airbnb was all profit. So I was allowed to live for free, and I owned the house. I was paying the house down, I improved the house, I increased the value quite a bit. And it was really just a win-win all around. So I bought my first duplex house hack in 2016 for $183,000. I put about $15,000 into it over two years. And I sold it for $327,000. While I was living there, I made around $500 a month to live in the house that I own. Pretty sweet deal. If I didn't want to live for free, which for the last few months of me owning it, i had the other unit rented out and i was in one unit completely on my own and that was nice but you know i was younger at the time i was used to living with roommates i didn't need a whole unit on my own and i think everybody can do that too if you're comfortable living with one or two other people you can not only live for free sometimes you can make a lot of money i i really encourage people to examine how uncomfortable they want to get and really look at it: is how uncomfortable can I stand being for a short while to have a huge gain long term. A couple of years of being uncomfortable and living with roommates could be the difference between you have an extra couple hundred thousand dollars in retirement or doing what you want with your life compared to just living in the rat race and being in a debt burden there. Nobody wants to do that. A lot of people don't want to live next to or under their tenants. I would really try to tell everybody that it's not as big of a deal as you think it is. The tenants are very respectful in most cases, even more so if they know the landlord is living right next door. So don't worry about living next to or under your tenants. It's not a big deal. I never let tenants come knock on my door or, or cause mischief when I'm there. I just tell them, hey, if you need something, text me or email me, and I'll come fix it as soon as I'm able. Personally, I don't do a lot of maintenance on my properties. I have a handyman do all that. So it's just somebody texting me and saying, hey, such and such is broken. And I text the handyman and say, hey, this is broken. I need you to come fix it. When can you be here? A lot of times I get the question, uh, we're recording this in 2020, and August of 2020. Is now the right time to house hack? I just bought my last house hack about a month ago. I think any time is the right time to house hack. It's a really low risk endeavor. You're putting down a small amount of money compared to what you'd have to put down for other real estate investments. Worst case scenario, you live for really cheap. You know, nobody's gonna be mad about that. Nothing really bad's gonna happen. Best case scenario, you make some money off the house, you make a great rental, and you live for really cheap while you're there. There's just really not a lot of reasons not to house hack. I really can't think of anything any reason you wouldn't. Just don't buy a house hack with the intent to sell it and make a bunch of money in the first year or two. You have an opportunity to sell it and make a lot of money, go ahead, but don't make that part of your business plan. Your business plan needs to be that it's gonna be good rental when I move out and it's gonna save me money while I live there. Just look at it that way and you'll be A-okay. So a lot of people ask, where can I find a good house hack? Now, personally, I found them all on the MLS, So the multiple listing service, and I'm a realtor and I have access to that. I can help anybody with that. But I've sold quite a few to clients off market. So We found properties off-market either by just knowing the seller directly or finding an off-market deal that wasn't advertised on the MLS. You can look on Zillow. You can look on realtor.com. You can look on Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace. Get a realtor and look on the MLS. You know, go mail people, knock on people's doors. There's not a wrong way to find a house hack. It's, it's all about just finding a good deal and making it work for you. So all of my house hacks have been in rough shape when I bought them and I fixed them up over the time that I've owned them. I have never done any of this work myself. I've done small stuff myself, but I don't do major rehabs myself. I don't even paint myself. I really don't like painting personally. If you do, great, go ahead. I know a lot of people like to do work on their houses, and that's completely fine. But you don't have to be somebody that's handy. I get that a lot. Oh, I'm not handy. I can't do that. Me neither. I don't know any of that stuff. So I hire people to do it. Furthermore, I don't want to do that stuff or think it's the best use of my time. So you don't have to be a handyman or a do-it-yourselfer to house hack. You just need to figure out what the numbers look like. Say, hey, this house hack is $300,000. I'm putting down 3.5%, so I'm putting down a little over ten grand, and it needs $10,000 in rehab. Now, do I have that money or not? That's all you got to do. It doesn't have to be, oh, how do I fix all these things? And really, it's a pretty simple equation. You want to figure out what the rent should be in the area. You want to figure out what it's going to cost to get the rents there. And then you got to see if the deal works for you or not. How you analyze house hacks, you want to analyze them. Both like you're living there, and then look at it like you're not going to live there. So, for me, I want to make sure that this house hack works as a, a rental property when I move out, because that's my intention is that after a year, I'm going to move on to the next project and it needs to work great as a rental property. But I also want to know that I'm going to live for cheap while I live there. So, for me, I want to live for under a thousand bucks, like I was saying, and I need to analyze the property. The analyzation while you're living there is pretty simple. It's just what's the rent and what's the mortgage. So if the tenant next door is paying $2,000 and I'm paying $2,500 for the mortgage, I have the difference of the mortgage left over plus my utilities for my unit. So in that case, probably be around $700. And there's more than to figuring it out than just that simple of an equation, but you can figure out what the utilities would be and you can easily figure it out what the mortgage is going to be if you talk to your lender. You also want to analyze it, though, like you're not going to live there. So after a while, at some point in time, you're most likely going to move out. You want to say, hey, what's the mortgage on this place? What are my variable expenses like vacancy, capital expense, repairs? Capital expense being bigger expenses like windows, the furnace, the roof. Just repairs being small stuff Okay, like, hey, the garbage disposal broke today. I need to fix that. You want to put money aside for repairs and capital expense because eventually, you're going to have to replace a furnace or a roof. And at some point in time, smaller stuff is going to break. Whether it be, I had a smoke detector go bad at a unit recently. We had to buy a $20 smoke detector. Big deal, right? And I had a garbage disposal go bad, and that was about 100 bucks. So there's smaller stuff there you want to account for for the repairs, but the bigger stuff on the capital expense, you want to put money away monthly so you're not caught off guard when the roof needs to be replaced in 20 years. Typical roof will last about 25 years. So if it's a brand new roof, you know you've got 20 to 30 years with it. You know, if it's a 20-year-old roof, you might not have that long. So make sure you put money aside for capital expenses. And I really encourage you to look at the condition of the items on the house, like the roof, the windows, the siding, furnace, bigger stuff like that, and say, hey, what condition is this in? And about how long do I have left on it? And a good home inspector will be able to tell you all that stuff. He'll be able to say, hey, an architectural shingle lasts 30 years. This is 25 years old. So you've got about five years left. You don't have to replace it directly at 30 years, but at some point in time, it might start leaking and you want to be prepared for that. The comfortability scale is a big thing I really want to talk about. I talked about it a little bit earlier, but I'm going to touch on it again because I really see that being as the biggest roadblock for people that want to get into house hacking. Everybody wants to save money and wants to have more money as a result of having a rental property. But you have to be comfortable getting a little uncomfortable for a while. It's all, it's like the marshmallow test where people were given a kid one marshmallow now or two marshmallows later if they waited. House hacking is the two marshmallows later. If you're willing to be uncomfortable for a little bit, you can have a cash flowing rental property that's paying itself off over the time. And then you can go get into more. So. If you can do this for three or four that might be enough to pay for your basic living expenses so even four or five house hacks can be enough to be financially free and all you had to do was be uncomfortable for a little bit so people are going to say hey you can only get one fha loan at a time how do i do four house hacks now i'm going to go back to my strategy of finding properties that are in rougher shape and remodeling them so You maybe start with an FHA loan, you fix the place up a little bit, you get the value up. Hopefully, in a year or two, you're able to refinance out of that FHA loan into a conventional loan, 25% down on a duplex. And then you can go use an FHA loan right again. Or you could buy with a conventional loan first, a 5% down duplex loan, and then go do another FHA loan right after that, which I just did personally. You can do any combination of that stuff. I have a buddy who owns five single families, and he's done conventional loans on all of them. So he's refinanced a couple of them into 20% down loans, but he's moved to different areas. So if you're moving from a lower end area to a nicer area, they'll absolutely let you do that. There's just all kinds of ways to do it. Just be creative. Make sure you're willing to be uncomfortable for a few years and you're going to be way ahead of your colleagues and friends who weren't uncomfortable and just went straight to that nice apartment or nice house. I would much rather have four rental properties and then have the nice house than just go straight to the nice house and be cash strapped every day. That's not my idea of freedom. My idea of freedom is having the flexibility and the mobility to do what I want when I want. So that's why I love house hacking. House hacking just supercharges that. You're looking to be financially free, house hacking is like the rocket that's going to get you there. And I just really encourage everyone to consider house hacking. I've helped families house hack, I've helped couples house hack. I helped a couple recently house hack that was going to get married. They got married while they were remodeling their house hack. So now they have an awesome cash-flowing rental and they're married and they're living happily. So stay motivated, stay on track, house hack as long as you can. You're allowed. 10 conventional loans so there's a lot of room to get that done and house hacking can be your